Hey there, welcome to the Hillside Midweek Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope that this episode encourages you, and we'll catch you next time. Well, welcome to our midweek conversation. We have been kind of, I'd say, enjoying this the last few weeks, and we've gotten good feedback from you as well. We've heard from people that uh, are at Hillside, and that is, you know, this is their home church. And I've also heard from some people that have been around Hillside maybe or just came in contact with it, but have really enjoyed just kind of being able to go down the road and maybe flesh out the conversations that have been coming out of the book of Philippians. And so thank you for your support and just how you've been tuning in every week with us. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, Daniel, when, when I heard that you were doing chapter three, I actually was kind of relieved that I didn't have to do chapter three. One, because, you know, I coming out of two, there's so much meat in chapter two. And I got to three and I'm like, oh, what, what angle would I come at? Yeah. And then as I'm reading it kind of along with you and listening to your talk, uh, I'm like, wow, there's, there's a lot here and you handled it really well. Um, and, and the thing that really, I think stood out to me, I was telling you guys is this first part of chapter three took me back to college. Mm -hmm. Some things that I really learned in college, those big life lessons that we kind of have at certain moments of our life. I, I call them kind of those perestroika moments that, you know, when the Russian communism kind of collapsed and, and, you know, capitalism was introduced. There was just these massive shifts in thinking. And I, I had some of those. And in college, I, I realized something uh, really important about convictions. Generally, we ourselves and other people talk very highly of their convictions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a badge of honor. Like I have... I have this conviction. Everybody's here, you know? got a soapbox. Yeah, everybody has that like, yeah, that, you know, this is who I am. And what I realized in college was that convictions are going to control your life, whether they are good, true convictions mm -hmm. or they are wrong, false, ugly convictions. Right. And for me, what chapter three kind of revealed to me, we were confronting kind of almost out of nowhere, Paul is confronting this legalism that mm -hmm. is taking place around the church in Philippi. And I, I would say he almost feels like James right here. Cause when you read through James, you know how you're reading through James and he just kind of like changes the topic so quickly at times in his letter, Paul has like a James moment oh, where yeah. he's like going one direction and then boom, it's, it's just, jarring. It just, yeah, it's jarring change. Very jarring. And you know, when he starts discussing this, this righteousness that comes from works and comes from tradition, and in some ways uh, their misuse of the old covenant and all of these things that they're doing, right? And just falling behind Paul and ruining everything he's doing <laughs> town after town. You know, I, I related to that because as Paul describes kind of who he was, all of the ways that he was qualified to lean on his own righteousness. You know, mm -hmm. I, I look back at my life and I, I grew up in an amazing Christian home, went to a Christian school, was so well versed in just the minutia of the Old Testament and New Testament and just biblical knowledge. And, you know, had people in student ministry when I, when I was a teenager saying, you know, we think that you are called to be a pastor and all those things. So I had this kind of like, all these reasons why I felt like I'm here for my own righteousness and mix that all in with like a type A personality like mm -hmm. we are. 
<laughs> and it's just, it's ugly, right? And, and you start coming up with these convictions about earning, uh, earning your salvation before God and proving to him that you are worthy of his love. And so as Paul was kind of stripping all of that away, you know, it took me back to those moments in my life where in, in college, I, I would, I call it a profit complex. Like I would search out suffering kind of, or I would apply it to myself if I wasn't suffering enough to prove to God, I'm, you're it, God, like you're it. And so anytime I, I started maybe enjoying or loving something else that wasn't him, it would kind of, I would feel that inward legalism of, I got to get this out of my life. Like, God forbid I have a friend that I really care about and love spending time with, and it's taking away five minutes from my devos, you mm -hmm. know? And so the whole time you're going through this, it's just, was taking me back to those moments and God using his word to diffuse and destroy these horrible convictions I had in my mm -hmm. life about, about my righteousness and you know, how much he could rely on me in a sense. And Paul does what at the end of the passage that you discussed, he's like, has nothing to do with my righteousness at all. Yeah. I'm entering, I'm putting my faith into his righteousness, mm -hmm. into his faithfulness to me, not, my faithfulness to him yeah you know so that's that was something that was very powerful for me yeah uh and took me back to man what was that 10 years ago you know 12 years ago in my life when god was just breaking down all these horrible horrible convictions and thought processes that really have gotten me even to where i am right now in my life you know with that truth so. it's it's hard to break out of that feeling like uh, like i've got something to bring to this I've got something to bring to the table. And uh, that legalism, that I mean, the idea that, that God would have this external pressure on me, um, that's one side of it, you know? Uh, I, don't, I don't think I feel like God has this external pressure on me, like, like he's expecting too much, but I know that I've got this internal pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, this one, this one uh, article, he talks about the, the unceasing threat of internal punishment. And I feel that a lot of times because I've got my own standard I want to live up to. I've got my own vision of what my life should be, and I want to live up to that. So I feel the, I feel the, the pressure to, you know, for legalism and for bringing something to, to the table. But yeah. the, uh, the direction, I guess, is it's coming from a different place than yeah. that external pressure. Well, I don't know. I th I'd say I had the external punishment and the <laughs> internal at times, you know, where Just I felt like in. he had to punish me to prove that I was enough and I had to punish myself to prove, you know? So, and, and his word truly was the thing that broke me out of it. So like ironic, like chapter three has so many little ironies. That's, Right. I had these false convictions from his word and his word was the thing that broke those things, mm -hmm. you know, broke me free from them. It's easy to have, like Paul does, in your head, spiritually easier to operate with a list. Mm -hmm. It's spiritually easy yeah. to operate with some, because you know, everyone's wondering, how am I doing spiritually today? Right. I mean, how am I doing spiritually? What, what is spirituality? Um, and it's very easy for it to, 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 to look over the things that I did today. Somehow Paul had this incredible shift 
from the things, you know, the resume and the mm-hmm. accomplishments and the awards and, um, you know, even the self-pain. Mm-hmm. Th- that all of those things he was able to shift over to Christ. Mm-hmm. And something happened in that dynamic where Paul didn't wake up every day and wonder, am I spiritual today? And he didn't wake up every day wondering, um, you know, look what I've done for you today. What, what have I earned? He, he was so enamored with what Christ had done for him and the opportunity that he had to join in that with, with Christ that uh, he just stopped playing that game in his head. He was just able mm-hmm. to do that because his pursuit of Christ, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeking this prize. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, if you figure out who Christ is, what he's done for you, and you see him as the prize, mm-hmm. then, then it's easier to move away from some of the, you know, the game playing and, the, yeah. you know, and the achievement kinds of things. Do you think that's, do you think that's why it's natural for him to come out of that section and then start talking about that prize. Like that was almost a natural flow out of, I'm giving up this and I'm moving towards something else. I do think it's important to realize it because now I'm not the center of the prize. I mean, my achievement, my fame, my, um, I'm not the center of the prize. And it's very easy to make spirituality about you. Mm -hmm. And whenever you're doing that, you're, you're just, you're just, going to mess it up in your head. You won't even do the right things for the right reasons if you do that. Mm -hmm. So there has to be this very personal pursuit. um, That is, I don't know that it's very easily describable Mm -hmm. or easy to put in words what that means. But you love him so much Mm. that you, you just want to, you just want to be with him and a part of him. And, and, uh, what he thinks and what he wants and what he does matters more than anything else. When you talk about that moment, you know, you've both like brought up that moment for Paul where there's a shift. It's, it's all of a sudden it's, it's the light goes on. I mean, actually, I guess literally, right? (laughs) Damascus, right? The light flips on for him. But in, in verse seven, like he says, he says, you know, that, that, um, He's counted all things as loss. But then when he goes on to say, uh, more than that, I count all things as loss. There's a continual aspect to it. So there is some, some degree that, um, you know, when we feel what he feels at the end of the chapter, that, man, I, I haven't laid hold of this yet. I haven't, I haven't been able to grip this I haven't able to, you know, in some ways, like, I'm trying to hold on. I see the prize, but, but there's a continual dying every day. Yeah. There's a continual sense that, that I need to reassess my list every day. I need to reassess and, and figure out what things I have counted as gain today yeah. that, that I need to let go of. Yeah. yeah, I think there's, you know, you could say to a person who, who, who imagine spirituality as being something, well, I'm going to have to prove to God that I'm, that I'm something. Mm-hmm. And so you get out your list or whatever you're going to do, and there comes a moment where you realize, oh, my goodness. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that Paul makes the point in there that the things that he counted as a gain was actually not just a loss. It was a liability. Right. It was a liability yeah. because 
It kept him from seeing his need and it kept him from having Christ at the center, seeing his need for Christ. That's why it's a liability Mm -hmm. because it works against me for what Christ is trying to bring me toward. Mm -hmm. So when when a person comes to Christ and they literally walk away from their whole history of of good experiences, good things, or whatever it is. Then they come to Christ, and of course, they're still going to battle with that every now and then. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, and we all will. Okay, we're just never going to get past it. And I love the fact that Paul says, I got to forget what I did, some of the screw-ups today, and I got to keep heading toward that prize. Mm -hmm. So the worst possible scenario for a believer is to wake up every day and not be able to refresh you know, the idea that it's really just Christ I'm pursuing. I don't need a bunch of mm-hmm. stuff I've got to do. And it's because I'm pursuing him, I'm willing to enter difficult things. I'm, he, I'm willing to enter painful things. I'm, I'm willing to do um, uh, anything. But, but it's not like I'm checking a box. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, completely different level of motivation, completely, completely different. Because, I mean, we sometimes play this game with ourselves as Christians that if I'm not pursuing him, I'm just kind of in this neutral space of like self-existence. When in reality, we're always pursuing something, right? right. Yes. And so Paul is saying, you know, he has to be your primary pursuit because if you're not pursuing him, then it's not like this is a liability, like you're saying. I mean, that is a brilliant point, right? Brilliant. This is not just some neutral thing that exists in your life. This is a liability that mm-hmm. will actually cause you to go the opposite direction than what the race Paul is asking us well, to Well, that's head. the picture of the cargo on the ship. Yeah. The cargo on the ship is, is it's, it's nothing. It's refuse. Get it off. You know, if you're in a storm and it doesn't matter what you have on that ship, if it's going to kill you, that's that idea yeah. of what, what was so, the whole reason I started on this journey on this ship has now become the thing that will kill me if I don't get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, you say, well, what, is it, what does it really look like to come to a place where you look at anything that you could do as completely invaluable or to Paul's vulgar, you know, doo-doo? <laughs> you know, when your kids are little, I can't believe you said dookie. <laughs> I cannot believe it. <laughs> when your kids are little, you know, they'll 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 bring you in the bathroom and show you their if it's colorful. You know, they had a snow cone with you know rainbow snow cone, <laughs> yeah. and they'll show you their colorful doo doo, and it's really cool. Or if make. you have a three year old, she'll call out the colors of the of the one year old. Yeah, there you go. And so this is sort of what Paul is saying. It's, it's, a, it's a person looking at what they think is really cool and valuable. And at the end of the day, it's really, in, in your words, dookie. Dookie. <laughs> yeah, it's dookie. And uh, I don't, I, I, I think the experience of people in their lives having things that they're really proud of, seeing it that way, I mean, they don't happen a lot. That doesn't happen a lot. Uh, yeah. It's easy to just really highly value what you're yeah. what you're doing as opposed to oh, yeah. pursuing him. But the whole dynamic of a relationship with Christ that keeps me from having to deal with that because that's a religious oriented spiritual life. 
Whatever the spiritual life is, for Paul, it's about a person, and it's about wanting to be as close to him and, and, and to be as like him as I possibly can. If I turn it into anything else, uh, I'm, I'm admiring Dookie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, a profound, right. I mean, that's an amazing thing that he's saying. I'm, right. I'm valuing something that has no value, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and that, that's nasty. Yeah. Or even, that's actually gross. You think of, of um, what's the, you know, the, the Bill Gates documentary. I, I just I watched, seen it yet. so I, I just watched it. the first Bill Gates documentary. Uh, I've only seen the first episode. It was probably a few months ago now, but you know, he's gone on, I just thought of this, like he's gone on this whole crusade, I guess, um, trying to get clean water in India. Mm-hmm. And really in, in a lot of parts, um, you know, the third world countries. And so he's held these, um, he's held these events, these competitions, these contests, um, offering a lot of money for people that can, that can turn waste into drinking water. Mm-hmm. Because you know, to your point, like, this is not just, this is not just, I thought it was valuable, but it's really not. This is, this is something that's detrimental to me. These, these, um, these, you know, people groups, they live in these, in these packed places where, where the, the refuse is, is just going everywhere and it's contaminating their drinking water. And so it's not only valuable to, you know, zero, right? This is actually poisoning them. And so, you know, he went on this, this crusade to, to make it drinkable. And so he's actually made these toilets. He'll go out back and he'll, he will take the water and he will drink it. Yeah. (laughs) He's been able to, yeah. And so he's, but, but that's kind of the point is if for these societies, like it's not just that it's in the way that it's just dead weight, it's killing them. Yeah. Right. Diarrhea can, can destroy yeah. A kid. And if you take that, if you take that great example right there and you apply a village of people to a community as the church mm. and we operate with that within and amongst ourselves, Paul's like, you got to get it out. Mm-hmm. Like it can't stay there. Like yeah. these Judaizers are bringing this in. It's a liability. It's mm-hmm. hurting you. It's infecting you. It's keeping you from the one true prize. Yeah. And you got to get it out of the village or else you're going to stay in this spiritually sick, messed up place. Right. Right. So two, two things come to my mind with your story. So one is the first thing is you go, uh, well, from a, from a human standpoint, there is a realm in which um, what Gates is doing is a really good thing for the planet and a good thing for the world and a good thing for a human race. Yeah. Even that, at the level that it is at, mm-hmm. to God in terms of righteousness, means nothing, okay? Yeah. The, I, the idea that you could do the best thing in the world you want to do in God's eyes, that's not going to make me a righteous person. It won't make Gates a righteous person. If he takes that to the table and says, look what I did at my time look on earth. Look what I did. Let me in. That's exactly right. On the other hand, uh, you have um, the ability to wake up every day and live the way we're talking about, where Christ is the center and I don't view anything, uh, I don't let that contaminate my life every day, is going to be a daily struggle. I'm Mm -hmm. not going to 
get over this just today. But I mean, I literally applied this kind of thing, which is whole this legalism thing. I literally have to say to myself, you don't need to feel bad about that. Uh, to say I feel bad or uh, is, is a very common phrase. I hear a lot of people say, I feel bad. You feel bad about things that I don't think you really need to feel bad about. I say it sometimes. I, I, I catch myself saying, I feel bad. Wait a minute. You feel bad because you didn't go? You feel bad because you didn't have that? You feel bad because you didn't do that? You feel, what are you feeling bad about? And are you feeling bad about it for even the right reason? But those are the kind of implications to me that the guy waking up every day, he may not even have devotions because he just ignores the whole idea because he doesn't like the idea, okay? So the whole legalism affects him a different way. It paralyzes him. Yeah. He doesn't do anything because he feels like he's doing it for the wrong reason or he... He, he's doing it to earn favor. You know what I mean? I mean well, along those lines, I mean, when, when we were in India, um, that conversation came up. That conversation of you're seeing these, these villages of these girls that are being sold into sex trafficking. And, and, and the conversation kept coming up in our group of, of, you know, man, I just, I feel bad. I feel, I feel guilty. I feel like I should be doing more. And, and your, your point to the group at the time, you, you said, you said you shouldn't, it was, it was so good. Like, I mean, you just said, you shouldn't feel guilt. You should feel responsibility. You should feel responsibility. Right. What, what should I be doing and what can I do? Yeah. But not if I don't have the answer for the entire problem in yeah. India that right. I can't do anything. We were there doing what we could do. Right. You know, And, and sort of like we were talking, you know, before, like we're just entering into the suffering of someone else, which is, you know. <laughs> when we were talking before this, like trying to wrap our minds around all the implications yeah. behind that. What does it mean to fellowship with Christ in his sufferings? And we were saying like at a, at a real level, like the big focus is his death, right? The big focus there is his death, yes. his crucifixion. But it doesn't mean we crawl on a cross. It doesn't mean that we go right. climb up on one and look for martyrdom. Right. So to, to, enter into his sufferings on one level is to die to yourself but on the other level that was something that stood out so uh, profoundly to me when I was when I was studying was the fact that 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 irony of this wasn't Christ's suffering to begin with he entered into our suffering the chapter that 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 you just finished he entered into ours and made it his own for a redemptive purpose and so trying to flesh out the implications of, of that. Well, I think a couple of them might be something simple like, well, just because it hurts doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Okay? It's going to be painful. You know, to, to try to want to please God is going to cost you things that you would otherwise value. You know what I'm saying? So the ship's not going down is the reason we're not, is the reason that the things we value don't matter anymore. It's because something has come into our lives that is so valuable. I don't need, mm -hmm. I don't need to focus on those things anymore. Possess them, uh, use them, or whatever yeah. the case. Yeah. All right, we had a technical difficulty. So you were talking it about fault? it's definitely Mike's fault. Definitely Mike's fault. So let me throw this back to you. You were talking about uh, the the ship. What, what were you saying about the ship? Well, I was trying to say that you know if the ship's going down, you're desperate, and so all these things don't matter that you that you brought on the ship with you that you valued so highly. Yeah. Um, well, in 
in coming to Christ, it's not because the ship's necessarily going down. It's because I have found something so much. It's the pearl of great price. I right. have found something so valuable that I'm willing to sell everything for it. Right. So at the end of the day, when we're trying to flesh this out in our lives, we're always wrestling with the, what am I valuing? Am I valuing something about me? Am I valuing about something I've accomplished? Or am I valuing just something, anything in the world that's taking my eyes to just, just ask this question every day. What's, what's the prize today? Mm-hmm. And if it isn't Christ, yeah. then I'm, then I'm off track, yeah, right. you know, and it may be that I'm a little off, but you know how it is. You're a little off here, but when you get about a mile out, <laughs> yeah. you're really, really <laughs> right. way out. Right. Okay. Right. So, um, uh, so anyway, that, uh, that's, that's the onus on us every day is to just figure out what am, what am I prizing mm-hmm. today? Mm-hmm. Um, that should be enough to motivate you to do the things that you ought to do for the right reasons. Uh, battling that every day. You just never, yeah. you just don't wake up Tuesday and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. Well, we, uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed the bantering. Um, we will, uh, we'll do this again next week and uh, we hope you reach out and uh, we'd love to, we'd love to talk more with you.